0: and Peter Schweizer, who deserves a Medal of Freedom in my view. This is The Drill Down with Peter Schweitzer. Hi, this is Peter Schweitzer, and welcome to The Drill Down, where we relentlessly expose cronyism, corruption, and the abuse of power in Washington, D.C. The co host is always Eric Eggers. Eric, how are you? I'm so wonderful, Peter. It's great to
1: see you as always.
0: <laughs> we had an argument right before this podcast, so you'll note a little tension in the air. But to break that tension, we have a special guest today, Seamus Bruner, research director here at the Government Accountability Institute. He has been with us since uh, he was really in college. He was an intern. He's now a research director, author of his own. And he has joined us um, to add some depth and gravity to our discussion about Hunter Biden today.
1: He's all grown up. And we've said this before, because when you were out for weeks on end with no communication, (laughs) kind of really mailing (laughs) it in, uh, Seamus sat in your seat for the podcast. And we got a lot of compliments about Seamus's performance, by the way. And so but what I told people then is that Seamus has literally spent i think more time than probably anybody in the country going through hunter biden's laptop detailing in granular detail just uh, how much the biden family corruption is rotting away at our country's core and so i think that we literally have no better person like you're 1a but seamus is like if there's a letter before a yeah seamus knows his stuff about hunter biden
0: i would dare say he spent more time on the hunter biden laptop than Hunter Biden had. Ayo. <laughs> um So we're going to talk today because there's all yeah, I'm kinds
2: of for life. Actually,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You didn't look at the pictures. I'm just just to be clear, it was only text. <laughs> I Sheamus didn't tell was- you about the pictures. <laughs> oh, you yeah, please don't. Well, there's been a lot of news this week about Hunter Biden, about the investigation. You had a big article in the New York Times, big article in Politico. You had the revelation that Joe Biden was using pseudonyms in his communication. All of that. We're going to say today is largely irrelevant to the larger story, because with the new information that's come out, we're going to argue today and make clear today that it is now clear cut that bribery took place. The Biden family got paid in exchange for explicit favors uh, from Joe Biden to a foreign entity. And we're going to unpack that today. Uh, What we're really going to be talking about is the situation in Ukraine. Uh, And we want to go through the timeline. This is going to apply in other places like China as well. But we want to start with Ukraine because that's where the new evidence came out. And we're going to have the new evidence at the tail end. You're going to have to wait a little bit because we want to unpack this timeline, Eric, that uh, has really begun in 2014.
1: And if you've been paying attention, which if you're listening to this podcast about Hunter Biden, you probably have been paying attention to Hunter Biden related news. The key thing here, and Peter alluded to, it's a great way to frame it. Is that there have been, you know, over the weekend, there was two long articles in Politico and New York Times, both about how Hunter Biden's plea deal collapsed. And there's been reporting, as you noted, about how Joe Biden, the revelation that he's been using these pseudonyms and is he like Hillary Clinton because he's trying to obfuscate and hide information. But none, all that reporting, it's crazy. It's almost like it's intentional. But even the conservative media outlets, I think, are missing the point of like what the actual news is and has, to your point, it is sort of like the missing puzzle piece that proves That a quid pro quo occurred as it relates to Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, and Ukraine.
0: Exactly right. It's the shiny object that everybody's chasing. And what we do is we actually look at the facts. And I think anybody that's followed our work knows that uh, we tend to be very sparing in our language. We don't make exaggerated claims or statements, we simply point to the evidence. So, uh, Seamus, we're going to start out the conversation in 2014. That's when Hunter gets the million dollar a year deal from Burisma. Um, Let's talk a little bit about that period from 2014 to 2015. You know the emails, what's going on? Hunter starts to get the paycheck and he's communicating with Ukrainian officials. What what becomes apparent during this period? Right. So in 2014, you have this revolution
2: in Ukraine. The pro-Russian president uh, gets overthrown, Yanukovych. And this is when Obama taps Joe Biden to be the point man to kind of head up the policy in Ukraine, you know, what's going on. It's, uh, you know, there's this conflict with Russia. And it's at that very moment that Hunter Biden is made the, uh, you know, director at this company, Burisma. Burisma is looking for favor. It's this uh, corrupt oil and gas company that got all of these leases, the founder Mikola Zlachevsky is under all kinds of investigation for how Burisma got these leases. His assets eventually get frozen in uh, London. And so Hunter Biden and his associate Devin Archer are brought on board Burisma to help out with, you know, Burisma's legal troubles. Well, throughout 2014, 2015, Hunter's attending these Burisma events He's kind of doing photo ops, giving good publicity. You know, it shows that uh, proximity is power for these Burisma executives. But really by late 2015, they're starting to wonder, what are we getting for this million dollar a year? that we're paying to the Hunter Biden.
1: I think it's a key point. And, you you know, you mentioned it, but I think it's a, a, that's the most important thing, I think, to remember about, like, how did Hunter Biden get involved in Ukraine in the first place, right? How does a, a Ukrainian gas company wake up and say, you know who we need on this? Hunter Biden. <laughs> <All right. laughs> it's because... The Amtrak guy. Let's get the Amtrak <laughs> the guy. The guy that rode trains. Train guy. <laughs> uh, it's because he uh, was the son of the guy who was the point person for U.S. policy towards Ukraine at this very crucial moment in Ukraine. Right. Uh, history because, hey, if you you can imagine a world in which Russia and Ukraine have problems, right? Uh, I know it's crazy to think that, but nine years ago, that was still the case. And that's how Hunter Biden enters the Ukrainian orbit.
2: Right. And we really see in this uh, November 2015 email, this is, I would call it a smoking gun email. It's from Vadim Pajarsky. He's the executive at Burisma who's really kind of handling Hunter Biden and explaining what Burisma wants to Hunter Biden. You see this November 2015 email where he says, listen, we're uh, you, the plan you sent over for your continued scope of work is lacking in tangible <laughs> deliverables. You yeah, know, it's just kind of a bunch of BS, is yeah, what Hunter Biden's team says. That's what Schweitzer says to me. <laughs> <laughs> All the time. <laughs> and you're not getting a million dollars a year, right?
0: But let me quote from it, because you found this email. Uh, this is uh, Vadim Pajarsky sending this to Hunter Biden, November 2nd, 2015, says that, quote, the suggested scope of work is largely lacking concrete, tangible results. That we set out to achieve in the first place. So it's telling you, first of all, they defined very early on what they wanted from Hunter, which was certain, let's say, policies uh, acted out in Washington, D.C., and they aren't getting those tangible results. Um, In this email, the Burisma executive specifically identifies, quote, top U.S. officials here in Ukraine and the Ukraine prosecutor general as, quote, key targets for improving Nikolai's case and his situation in Ukraine. Explain that last line about the prosecutor as it relates to Nikolai and who is Nikolai.
2: Right. Nikolai or uh, Mikola Nikolai. It's kind of different transliterations, but, uh, this is Zlachevsky. He's the founder. He's the guy who people see as the most corrupt. He's kind of the oil and gas oligarch who let's say maybe bribed or paid uh, money to get some of the, uh, li- oil leases that Burisma has. He's the guy who has $23 million in British banks. It's, you know, uh, Russian and Ukrainian oligarchs often put their money in safer havens like uh, the UK or the United States or with the son of the vice president. And so Zlachevsky, um, has all these legal troubles. And the prosecutor general, this is a guy, Victor Shokin, who was investigating Burisma. This email, this is why I call it a smoking gun email, is that the Burisma executive is emailing Hunter saying, listen, we need to improve our founder's situation with the prosecutor general. This is specifically the guy that Joe Biden says, unless you fire this guy, you're not getting the billion dollars to Ukraine's president.
0: And let me, again, just quote from the email that, that you found uh Pizarsky, Vadim Vadim this is the executive that is emailing and friends with hunter he closed the email by stating in no uncertain terms that the quote ultimate purpose was to close down any cases pursuits against zlachevsky in ukraine and in other is- words get the prosecutor to lay off of my boss the guy who is paying
1: you a million dollars a year and as you like to say all the time timing matters right and so that's an email that's sent in november of 2015 yeah. So November, 2015, Hunter Biden gets this email saying, hey, you're not really doing what we asked you to do. What we want you to do is this, which is get the prosecutor fired. So that's important context because what happens in December of 2015?
2: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. less, I mean, a month later, more or less, uh, I, I, we don't actually know because Devin Archer testified a couple of weeks ago that they're on this Burisma business trip. Zalachevsky's there, Vadim is there, Hunter's there, Archer's there, and Archer testifies that Hunter... Slashevsky and Vadim step away for a little while. He doesn't say how long, but it's, you know, good enough time to, uh, you know, make some demands of Joe. And so they call up Joe, uh, uh, Archer says they called Washington and then he confirms that means they called Joe and make the case that this prosecutor needs to go. That same month, Joe Biden goes to Ukraine, demands that they fire the prosecutor or they're not getting the billion dollars. He admits to this on video it's, I mean, pretty case closed that he was involved and that he did exactly what his son's uh, benefactors told him to do.
1: Yeah, I mean, what, whatever the context of the phone call that Devin Archer and Hunter had with Joe, I mean, I think it's, uh, Hunter Biden talks with that all the time, right? I mean, that's right. one, the other thing that sort of comes through in all the emails you've seen. What, whatever the email accounts look like, he's emailing, hey, I miss you. Like They are very close. So the point is, November 2015, Hunter Biden is told, we. You're not doing a good job. We need the prosecutor fired. In December 2015, his father threatens the president of the country and says, you need to fire the prosecutor. Exactly.
0: And and by the way, there's independent confirmation on this. You uncovered this as well, because uh, Mr. Kent, who George Kent, who worked at the State Department, uh, testified uh, before the um, Senate uh, Oversight Committee uh, that Zlachevsky was an odious oligarch, as he described it. But in December 2015, again, the same time period that this phone call takes place where Hunter Biden and the Ukrainian executives call Joe Biden, according to Kent from the State Department, in December 2015, Vice President Biden's staff advised him to avoid commenting on Zlicevsky, again, the guy that's paying his son a million dollars a year, and recommends he say, quote, I'm not going to get into naming names or accusing individuals. This is precisely what Vadim Pizarsky in November says he wants, which is U.S. officials laying off of his boss, and he wants the prosecutor fired.
2: Yeah, and, and that's a great point you bring up because it, it also shows that Joe Biden's staff was fully aware, just, I mean, as this email that Comer showed last week to the pseudonym, the Robert L. Peter pseudonym, it, this is, uh, I think it's John Flynn is one of Joe Biden's staffers who sends the email to the pseudonym, and copies Hunter like somehow Joe Biden staffers know that Hunter's got this relationship with Burisma. They don't have a problem with it. They're actually furthering the scheme. So I mean, this is <laughs> <laughs> if it's bribery, there's definitely some conspiracy in there too with the multiple people involved. And so their his staff is helping him say, "Listen, you're you know don't don't say anything bad about Hunter's boss." So there's a lot of people in Joe Biden's orbit who are involved in this. But obviously it goes to the top.
1: It does remind me very much of the stuff that we saw with the Clintons and when Hillary Clinton's emails were made public and you saw this blurring of people that worked for the Clinton Foundation emailing with the Clinton found uh, with the State Department. Right. And so it's like, hey, can can Bill give this speech? And so you have these like this merging of the world. That's very much what's happened when you have White House officials CCing Hunter Biden, who works for Burisma on things connected to Ukraine. I mean, like, like.
0: it's an absolute blurring of of the relationship between government and private sector. So so what we've showed so far is Hunter Biden's getting paid a million dollars a year. The Ukrainians are
1: explicit with clear expectations for what yes, he needs to exactly. do.
0: Exactly. And they're laying out clearly what they want. And now they start to get it. So let's move to March of 2016. On March 22nd, Vice President Biden speaks with Poroshenko. He's the the leader of Ukraine via telephone and talks about U.S. assistance, financial assistance. We're giving Ukraine a lot of money and calls for reform. Biden also reportedly demands that the Ukrainians fire the prosecutor who happens to be investigating Burisma. And lo and behold, one week later on March 29th, What happens? The Ukrainian parliament fires the prosecutor Shokin at the behest of President Poroshenko. Two days later after that, Joe Biden visits Ukraine and announces the billion dollars in loan guarantees is coming.
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, there's there's several calls that happened through the uh, beginning. Of, you know, so Joe first demands it in December. He he's on the phone with Poroshenko probably more than any other world leader during this time. Well, his I point mean, first, he's, I mean, this is his deal,
1: right? This so is his your vice president. What are you doing? You're picking up puppies. You're eating ice cream. But his one t- task is Ukraine. Right.
0: Exactly. And so, if you look at this from a legal sense, and again, we're always very cautious with with the uh, Clintons. We always said we don't know if there was a crime that's been committed, but this is clear corruption. and needs to be investigated. We've said the same thing about the Bidens. This is a clear violation of the law. This is criminal conduct that's occurring. This is a direct bribe. It's a quid pro quo. You get paid a million dollars. We tell you specific things that we want. We're not getting them. You need to give them to us. You'll keep getting paid. They give it to them. Right. Joe Biden delivers. So it's the quid pro quo. And the bottom line is it doesn't matter if you ever demonstrate a single penny goes to Joe Biden because bribery can mean paying off your family. If if a politician's family gets paid and the politician performs a service for that. It's a bribe in the same. So this, to me, is now a clear-cut case. But the final, I think, bit of evidence um, is this recent revelation, Seamus, uh, that I think kind of closes the door on this final. What's the final you think, interesting fact that emerges here. This is where people are talking about the pseudonyms, but there's actually something hidden here that we think is even more important and than this the is pseudonyms.
1: And this is the news that everybody missed over the weekend. The, well, exactly. that's right. And, and just
2: to your previous point, it's, it's not one quid pro quo, it's two quid pro quos. You first, you have the Burisma, Hunter Biden, Joe, You know, we'll give Hunter money, you do favors for Burisma. That's one quid pro quo. The second one is where Joe Biden takes US taxpayer money, our money, and leverages it for his family's benefit. That's a great point. So that's it's not just two, a, it's two quid pro quos, and one of them is using our money to do
1: it. It's not just that right. the prosecutor's fired. It's like, oh, here's a billion dollars in aid. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Like, he, and you just hear the arrogance in Joe's voice when he recounts it to the Council on Foreign Relations. Like, I'm going to be leaving here in about six hours, and <laughs> and, I, and I'm, you know, you're not getting the billion dollars. And they say you have no authority. He's like, I, I have authority. You call the president, that, ask Obama. I've got he the relishes th- this. He, yeah, relishes. He's like, I've got the authority to leverage all of the U.S. taxpayer money. To make you do what I want. Th-
1: that's an excellent point too, because it's not like this is something that we found in an email. No, he brags about it. Openly. Like, <laughs> hopefully, Like, I-, I got the prosecutor fired. I withheld aid and said, I'm not going to give you this aid unless the prosecutor's fired. Like, that's Joe Biden's own words.
2: Well, in a, in a little teaser in that same speech to Council on Foreign Relations, he talks about China. So we'll be working on uh, something. He makes some other admissions too. But uh, yes, to, uh, to the next uh, th- shoe here to drop from Comer, this May 2016 email, everybody's talking about how uh one of Biden's staffers sends an email to a pseudonym account, Robert L. Peters. I think that account's interesting in itself because it's Robert L. Peters at a gov address. So they actually had to create a government email oh, that's address. That's yeah, interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, it's Robert L. Peters at PCI.gov. And so you kinda wonder if that gets through certain government firewall type thing. You know, it's like and this,
0: PCI. What's the acronym PCI for?
2: Uh, we're looking into that. It's uh, it's it's an interesting agency that does it's Linked to the Defense Department, actually. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. But that's um, very
2: interesting. So everybody's talking about the Robert L. Peters pseudonym, but the much bigger thing here is that Hunter Biden is copied on it. It's only Hunter Biden copied on it. It's not like sent widely to the whole office. It's like, here's your dad's schedule and here's you know, he closed the deal with Poroshenko. It's over. Effectively, what it looks like they're saying to Hunter is like, Look, you you've done you know, we've done our part, deal's done. Burisma got what they want. There's a new prosecutor. Joe Biden calls this guy solid. He's obviously not solid. (laughs) (laughs) He's a real solid. (laughs) He put in place someone who's solid. Right. And And he's solid for the Bidens.
0: Yeah. The new prosecutor drops the charges effectively against uh, Burisma and and the executives. So so what do you know? I mean, that's
1: what makes him solid.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But you make an important point here, which is why is Joe Biden, of all the people on the planet, sharing his schedule, the fact that he's talking to Poroshenko with only one person on the entire planet he's forwarding it to? Well, the pseudonym himself. The other one is Hunter Biden, who's right. doing business in Ukraine. There's no legitimate reason that he's getting that email. So to your point, it is we have delivered. We did our part. Um, Now you're going to get it. Now, let's
1: just um, you wanted to say, something. well, I just Eric. want to point out that like and this is not. The fact that's an aberration, I think, is significant, right? Because it's been reported that Hunter gets his schedule 10 times in essentially a one month period from May of 2016 through June 15th of 2016. So the point is, it's not standard operating procedure for right. the White House to be CCing Hunter Biden. <laughs> there's clearly, like, there's reasons why right. he gets this one. It's more like a hey, heads up, he's talking to your guys tomorrow. And so you can, you know, and then right. I think it's, it's I think it's a, a leap, but not a far one to suggest that Hunter Biden would then forward that email to somebody to suggest and like make it clear that, hey, FYI, like I'm um, like this is how connected we are, right? This right. is the same reason why he would, as Devin Archer testified, put Joe Biden on the phone 20 times to show, as you said, proximity's power. I get my father's emails. I know when he's talking to people, I know that he's talking to you. It's like I'm a part of this deal. That's why I'm paid.
0: Yeah, that's that's exactly I was closing the loop. Yeah,
2: yeah. And, and this is kind of why the uh, November 2015 email where the, the Burisma executive is saying we need more conc- concrete deliverables, more tangible results is so important because, I mean, the Biden's. It's my belief that they would rather not sell foreign policy only because of the legal implications. They'd rather be able to just shake down oil guards, like, <laughs> like, 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 like Devin Archer says, like give the illusion of access. Right. I mean, it'd right. be much easier, much less liability on them to do that. But right. what happens in November 2015 is these not very good dudes from Ukraine are saying, we need more results, and, and effectively, they—I mean, what the leverage that they have over the Bidens is like. Look, we've been paying you a ton of money. We can right. prove that you're totally corrupt. So this is why the compromise from Ukraine, from China, is such a big deal because these kind of calls, like that's when Joe Biden springs into action. Like, I got to protect myself. I got to protect my family, and so now let me do this thing that I would probably rather not do, like to be the first vice president in the history of the United States to go into another country and demand that they fire their equivalent of the attorney general. Um, but he does it. And that's what the compromise does over the now
1: president. Like it gets a little kind of weird, but it, but you're not wrong. Like, I mean, Hunter Biden is potentially on the bad side and has taken millions of dollars from people who might as well be villains in like the equalizer films, right? And so it's like, no, like there's a, there's a the real threat to your reputation and potentially anything else that Joe Biden is going to be motivated to speak into. So even if you take the money off the table, it's like, what was a father willing to do to protect his son? I mean, and that, yeah, and now what is he here, willing gotta, to
2: do to protect himself? I mean, you right. look at how much money
0: he has sent to Ukraine, but but see, I got to, like, I, mean, I got to more I gotta, than Hawaii. <laughs> I got to disagree with you guys on this just a little bit. the The question here is: Is this bribery? Or is this the Bidens actually extorting foreign nationals? When you think about those messages where, you know, Hunter Biden is, you know, texting to the uh, Zhao, the Chinese executive saying, my dad is sitting right here. And basically, we're pissed off because the money hasn't arrived. I don't see it as much as, you know, these foreign nationals are trying to manipulate the Bidens. I think the Bidens are actually extorting these foreign nationals. I mean, it's, it's 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 it's. it, it's the power equation clearly favors them. Joe mm. Biden's the second most powerful man in the world. they are a bunch of corrupt Ukrainian energy guys that are <laughs> trying to get some local cop off of them. Who better to do that than the vice president? So I, I don't I'm not buying this. You know, these foreign nationals have leverage over the Bidens. I think they're extorting these foreign entities.
1: I, ha- I hate to do this. It <laughs> is like literally my least favorite thing to do in the world, which is to offer support and evidence to something Schweitzer <laughs> says. But. I mean, this is where if you kind of look at it the context, right, you have a confidential human source talking to the FBI and saying, by the way, I was part of a conversation with the guy that runs Burisma. And the guy that runs Burisma said he was pushed to pay Joe Biden, says he has recordings yeah. uh, of Joe Biden essentially saying you need to pay us money, ten million million, five five to Hunter and five to Joe. So, I mean, it's not there are people that have suggested that, that is exactly how it worked.
0: Well, and to your point, I'm not saying that, sure, they'd rather get paid and not do anything, right? Who, who wouldn't love to have the equivalent of a no-show job, right? Which is kind of what Hunter was looking for. But at the end of the day, the power equation, I think, favors the Bidens, and they know how feared U.S. power is around the world. You don't want to tick off the vice president of the United States if you're a foreign national. So that was my, I guess, final question on this. I think it's clear A family member of the Bidens, Hunter Biden, got paid, what, four or five million dollars from Burisma over the years. And in return, because the emails are pretty clear on this, they got deliverable results from the vice president of the United States. The prosecutor got fired and they laid off rhetorically on talking about the Burisma executive. That, to me, is a clear quid pro quo. Doesn't matter if Joe Biden saw a dime. It's still bribery, but that brings us to the F1023 that you were just reading from the allegation that the Bidens got $10 million uh, from Zlachevsky. How does that fit into the timeline that we've been talking about?
2: Right, so the yeah this this FD ten twenty three which uh, is the FBI's own document, and we know how uh, the FBI doesn't like to look into Joe. How much they don't look like to look into Joe Biden. So this is their own document. Chris Ray tried to say that it didn't exist, and then he tried to redact it when James Comer was uh, looking for it. Dude, and, that's all true, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the FBI tried to act like this thing didn't exist, and then when they produced it, they redacted the heck out of it. Uh, and only when Senator Grassley was like, uh, "Actually, I have my own copy right here," did uh, FBI director, Ray come forward and say, okay, yeah, yeah, that's true. And here it is. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's a shocking document because the FBI claims that this is a highly credible source. We don't know who the source is, but so this is someone who's talking to Zlochevsky, um, over in Ukraine and documenting the things that they're hearing for the FBI. So it's a, it's a human source. And, uh, the Burisma founder is saying that he gave, I, I let me see the year. I'd like to see the year, that he, I can't really well, recall. It's,
0: I'm just looking at the document now. It's interesting because the timeline ties in late 2015, early 2016 is when this allegedly was made. That fits exactly well, into well, the, the timeline. The windows
1: from November 2015 to March 2016, right? And so, exactly. So the so thing this, about the Hunter Biden's deliverables, like, hey, I hear the thing in November, within four months it's done.
0: Well, and, and you could argue if the F-1023 is true, is the Bidens are negotiating a higher price. <laughs> right, right. Right? They're getting a million dollars a year, right?
2: It's a million dollars a year to just go to the conferences, have Hunter smile for the right, cameras. Right. You want actual
1: policy, that's going to cost you. Well,
0: well it, that, it, that would be the allegation, and the timeline would seem to support that if, if we believe the f Ten twenty three, and there's reason to believe it.
1: It's also not a small thing. Like, hey, we want like the prosecutor of this country that's like threatening my company to be removed. Right. Like, how do you get that done? I mean, what did Devin Archer say? Hunter Biden's an expert at knowing the guy, right? That's his expertise. (laughs) If the one guy that can get the prosecutor removed is happens to be my father, maybe the vice president of the United States. How's he going to do it? What if he threatens to withhold aid? I mean, that's essentially what happened.
0: Yeah. So, so give us your closing thoughts, where you think this goes from now, uh, uh, now going forward. I know that you uh, did a, a program over the weekend. You actually spent time with Congressman Comer, the chairman of the House Oversight Committee. I don't know if you can go into detail of what you discussed, but where do you think the investigation is going? And then, Eric, I'm going to ask you the same thing.
2: Well, uh, to, to quote Joe Biden, where's the money? <laughs> so we need to find the money. Congressman Comer needs to find the money. I mean, to, to verify this FD 1023. I mean, if there's $10 million, that's a, that's a heck of a lot of money. It is. And uh, eventually it has to make its way to Joe. We do know there's some discrepancies in his uh, disclosure, his financial disclosures versus his tax returns um, that seems to line up pretty closely with the $5 million that Barismo alleges he took in a bribe. Um, but yeah, Congressman Comer, you know, he shares many people's frustration about, you know, the speed of the investigation. He says he hears it a lot. Um, but he's making a slow, but methodical case, getting every bank record, getting all of these documents, which is like pulling teeth in Washington. People kind of wonder why aren't the subpoenas flying left and right? It's because there's a Democrat judge who is primed and ready to say no to every subpoena. And then on top of that, you have to, you know, deal with obstructionists in
1: Congress. So I, I also think that actually helps out though, because I mean, it's, it's august and i always say that to say like you know the people that the elites are still on dang vacation like they're at the hamptons at martha's vineyard i mean this is how it works in the world of the washington elites they're going to come back after labor day that's when more people are engaged more people are paying attention so i do think because i've heard the same thing from different reporters like hey what's going on why is it taking so long i don't know if it's intentional or not but i do think like there's potentially poise for maximum impact uh in terms of like yeah we don't actually get the good stuff till after september then you know in the fall, more people engage anyway.
0: Yeah. So it, it could be strategic or the timing could work out to benefit uh, the story. Well, we've been on the story from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Seamus and Eric, you have both been working on this stuff as years as years I for years as I have. Uh, so it's exciting to see it come to fruition. I have to say on the prosecutor getting fired when it first came out, when it first reported, I was a little bit skeptical because I thought, is Joe Biden really stupid enough to brag in front of the world that he did something like this? The answer is apparently he is.
1: A, or he was just that proud, right? He's yeah. proud of the fact. I mean, is a big dad. My question is, and I, you know, Seamus has, has owned this. And Seamus, as you know, he's worked uh, here since high school. He has now published numerous books. He's been on this, I think, maybe one of the most important stories in the country. And so he has really, you know, sent it very proud of him. I guess what my question is, are you so big time yet in your interaction with James Comer that you could pull a Schweitzer? And, and pulling a Schweitzer is defined as, one time we were in the green room at Fox News <laughs> in Washington, D.C. And this he,
0: wounded you, didn't it?
1: It didn't. No, 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 this, no, no. This is, you don't even, he goes to the bathroom. He doesn't even know he did it. This is how big time he is. This, this is how big time, big time he is. He's in the bathroom. Here comes Lindsey Graham, who needs to use the bathroom. And, like, it's very clear by his body language that he needs to use the bathroom. And the door is locked because <laughs> is in there. And he kind of waits around. And awkwardly. I'm just whistling he's, away. You know, right? I'm just taking and my like, time. it's like he's man. got the like, makeup on. He's got all the stuff, you know. And then he's, like, yeah. kind of I was like, hey, Lindsey, what's going on? And he, like, turns around and goes to find another bathroom. I don't know if you did that to James Comer. That would be a big-time move. If you can, like, prevent <laughs> somebody that's important enough in the country from from relieving themselves. Not yet. Okay. Like, <laughs> hashtag squad goals. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well thank you everybody for joining us yet again uh, we appreciate your time uh, you can find this podcast and reporting on what we do at the drilldown.com and you can find this podcast anywhere where fine podcasts are located so please join us again until next time